to That Friday Feeling Podcast with me, Helen Bartram. Episode 5, Success and Fun. So today's episode, I welcome a very special guest, a gentleman who I met back in January and who has actually helped shape my outlook on life. Probably more than he realises and probably more than I'd like him to know. Um, So, it... It's a bit of an interesting one and there's some real golden nuggets to be found within this podcast. So if you can make your way through the banter and through the lightheartedness, shall we say, there's some real good learns in there. Mike is the director of Breakout Media, an SEO specialist company. And his outlook on life is something that I really appreciate and I hope that you can too. First of all, let's see what Mike has to say when I ask him to talk to us about happiness. Talk to you about happiness. Happiness is to me probably the thing that I value most. So yeah, I base the majority of my decisions around when I'm going to be happy. Okay. Or maybe maybe not will it make me happy, but will it make me miserable? It's probably a bigger. Okay, we're, we're moving away from that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, how I've structured my whole life, how I've structured my business, how I've structured everything is all around how I feel. Um, I think whether it's going to make whether it's going to make me sad, whether it's going to make me happy, whether it's going to make me stressed. I think I probably value. Being stress free, being stress free is more important to me. I think okay. actually that's probably a better way, a better way to describe it. I try to avoid that. Do you think that you can actually have a certain level of stress and still be happy? So when you're thinking about decisions, and so for me, I think right that that will make me miserable. So I'm going to move towards this thing, mm. which the polar opposite is going to be obviously make me happy. But in doing that, I know there's going to be a certain level of stress. Yeah. So then how do you combat that if being stress-free, happiness? Yeah, so I think it... One of the things I'm really clear on is... One of the things I think everyone should be clear on, actually, is what they value. Mm-hmm. So for me, my values are really important. And I don't mean... Some people get mixed up with things like this. Oh, I value honesty and integrity and all that. Yeah, we all do, right? Well, forget about that. <laughs> what you value, so for me, I value where I spend my time. Yeah. I value my time. Um, I value my family. I value, um, it'd, I, I'd be wrong to say I don't value money. Do you know what I mean? Um, but these these are all things that are, um, that are really important. And I think things you can build your life around. So, but for some of those things, it's a cost. Yeah. So for me, you know, when I, I decided to start a business two and a half years ago, there's going to be a bit of stress in that. Yeah. But it's also going to bring me more time, more freedom, more time with my family, more, um, I, val- I value freedom really highly. I want to, I, I, think, I think I'm pretty much now unemployable because I want to work how I want, when I want, you know, for all those type of things. Um, so it's whether you accept there's a certain amount of stress that, yeah. that, that comes with that. However, how I structure my business, for example, is I've employed a manager. 
who is going to essentially run that business for me because I don't want the stress of dealing with so and so's off sick today. So, do you know what I mean? These kind of like, oh, there's a problem with this. Like, can you handle that? Yeah. Um, so, I clearly value I could do that job and have more money because I wouldn't pay the salary, but the stress of it wouldn't be worth the money. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Because what I value most is my time, my freedom. So, I employ someone else to do. Do you know what I mean? So, it's like, it's that kind of, there's always like checks and balances to things. So, yeah, I'm all right with a bit of stress as long as I'm stressing over things that value <laughs> and they're going to bring you happiness yeah does that make sense yeah or is that confusing no absolutely because i think how can you avoid to me the things that will make me the happiest they're going to bring some level of stress with yeah. them yeah um so it, it's like i quite value a bit of chaos yeah i love a bit of chaos okay i enjoy i'm, I'm the least organized person <laughs> of anyone yeah my desk in the office look at everyone else's desk they're like super tidy man is a, a state you know, I, I feel like I need a bit of chaos just to, to keep me interested a little bit, you know? So it's like, we were talking to like a financial advisor recently. Um, and he was like, you know, we do two things. You could take some money and put it into like an investment, put it in an ISA, those kind of things. Or you buy a property. So like, oh, I quite like the idea of buying a property. Just because it's something, it's something interesting. Yeah. There's going to be a bit of chaos in that. There's going to be things that could go wrong. There's going to be, and I like that. I like the risk. Okay. I like that because, uh, again, I want to be interested. I want to be into something. And, it, you know, so, yeah, you could take 100 quid a month and put it away into something that you never see and be all right. Um, or you can have a bit of chaos. And I, I, I enjoy that. Um, I get that. So, for me, my view and my understanding of your chaos is probably challenge. So, I love challenge or challenges yes. and i don't know what that's about but i do i do love a challenge yeah and i love i guess it shows you what you're made of in some levels but also i think with challenge and the risk there's a great reward at the end way greater yeah and to way me greater. that that's worth the yeah, strive yeah. and and that isn't for and i think that, i think that's the thing when people like judge other people that just isn't for everyone and that's yeah. okay yeah you know, it's like, oh, I was talking to my mum yesterday about this, actually. Um, there's no one's whose opinion I value more than my dad. I got, I got my dad on When I was younger, I, I went to my dad on advice for, for advice on pretty much everything. Um, I never really listened, but he always turned out to be right. He was always, he was always right. But as I've gotten older, this, I can look at those things my dad advised me not to do that I've worked out. You know, so I had quite a well-paid job when I was 21. I was like, I want to leave it and do this. He's like, oh, do you want to do that? Do you want to take that risk? So yeah, that, that led to something else. <laughs> yeah. And then that led to something else. And every, any, anytime I've ever said, oh, I've been offered a job, he's always going, oh, you know, you've got to think about your family and you've got to think about this. And it's always paid off. When I said I want to set up a business, are you sure you're ready for that? You know, it's like, I'm not doing it. Now, <laughs> it's not that I still ask his opinion on things. Yeah. But I value my own now experience Mm-hmm. based on the things you know you know and it's like and my my dad retired when he was like 40 you know they're pretty set um they've made good investments they made all these kind of things you know um he's really really good with money he doesn't value any chaos he knows exactly where every bit's going and it's yeah. worked out for him you know but everything's going to be low risk everything's going to be and i'm just not like that sorry but he's perfectly happy and content with how we, and it's just, it, it, it's funny, I'm related to him. Maybe he's not my real dad, I don't know. Um, he is. 
but, Shocker. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's that um, it's knowing that everyone has those those individual yeah. values, and you've got to really, I think, decide what yours are, or or even just you know look at how you look at how you spend your time. Look at actually, you know, look at the. I did a test. There's a book called The Values Factor. It's by a guy called John, Doctor John DiMartini. and it has you an, answer all these questions, and then you work out. It, it works out basically what your values are. Okay. You know, some people say because people say things like, "Oh, there's nothing I value more than time with my family. I don't value anything more than time with my kids." So well, you're working twelve hours a day. Clearly. Actually, time with your kids isn't what you value the most. That's not a bad thing either. Actually, maybe what you value the most is providing for your kids, you know, and making the most of the little bit of time you get with them. But if you're working 12 hours a day, don't tell me you value more than anything your family. Actually, you probably, you know, your actions show that you value your work more, and that's all right. You've just got to find a way to use that to feed your family and spend it. You've got to be a good dad, but you've got to be, do you know what I mean? So I, I can't say that I value... Um, my work over other things. You know, I've built my business so that I do as little work as possible. That is, that is the reality. Do you know what I mean? It's like I've built it for that purpose. Yeah. Um, so I'm not all about the hustle and the grind and all and all of that stuff. But I also, it's my day off today. I've came in the office because actually I want to be away from I want to be away from my kids. <laughs> do you know what I mean? What I want to do today because it's anyone's day off on a Wednesday. I want to come in the office. I want to sit. I want to sit on the settee. I might want to watch some Netflix and have some time myself. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's that, it's, it's, it, it's that kind of thing. So I think people have to be honest with themselves about what they actually do value and not just say the right things, you know? Yeah, and I think there is this kind of pressure. Um, one, when you don't even really know what your own values are. Yeah. And two, from society to, I guess, appear a certain way. So I, you touched on something there about um, judging other people. And I genuinely think that most people, probably 90% of people in my life think I'm a bit bonkers, yeah. don't really get what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. Um, and I'm okay with that because this is, this is what's right for me. But I also think that I understand why they live the life that they live yeah. um, and that's right for them. So it's, I guess, us recognising what's right for us and making decisions aligned to that whilst equally being able to respect that other people's decisions are right for them. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't want someone to kind of impose their values on you, then you've also got to be very careful to not impose your values on other people. Yeah. Because I think some people, when they have like a bit of an awakening, someone gets into, I don't know, let's say meditation, you, you're into that, yeah? Yeah. And they feel it's the best thing in the world. And it's like, oh, 40 people, more people meditate, and then they go and try and tell all the friends to meditate. And it, it's just like... Yeah. Like, if I have, I've, I've tried meditation. If I sit down for twelve minutes and try and be quiet, <laughs> can't handle it. Can't handle it. Do you know what I mean? But I got into a bit like night like Wim Hof breathing that type yeah. of thing. Now actually, that can be a form of meditation. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But like, but I need to be doing something. Once he still whatever you're doing for twelve minutes, I'm just focusing on breathing, focusing on whatever it is. You know. And it's I think some people, and I've definitely done this try to say to people no you need to do this you need to do this even now i'm saying you need to sort out your values you know what i mean it's yeah. like it's like <laughs> know your values um 
some people are like, I can't be asked. Um, I get that. And I think it always, um, it comes from a good place. So it's kind of that, if you have the secret to how to be happy, for example, yeah. why wouldn't you want to share that with the people who you love the most? Yeah. But equally, you have to respect that. There's that saying, when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. Yeah, and yeah. for me, you cannot force that. Is that, is that Kung Fu Panda? <laughs> is that where you've learned that from? Madagascar. Madagascar. <laughs> Shrek. No, yeah, I've, I've heard that before. Okay. I'm, I'm just, I thought it came from, I'm not sure I heard it, Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> I don't know, it's a funny thing. I think you've got to, it, first things first, you've got to protect yourself and your energy and your happiness and all those kind of things. Yeah. You know? And then I think there's something about, someone's told me before about being a, be a lighthouse, be a, you know, beacon. your a beacon. Shine your beacon for other yeah. weirdos. Yeah. There's, there's a thing in, um, funny enough, the verse in the Bible talks about being, being a, a, a light on a hill, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, you know, yeah, you you shine yours and, and the people will be attracted to that, you know, and it's, um, I think I think things like that are quite important um, as opposed to being too evangelical and just trying to get everyone to do what you want them to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, every, everyone is different. Everyone's version of happiness is different. Everyone's version of success is different, you know. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about success then, since so you mentioned it. So one of the things that um, you once said to me, Mike, that stuck with me about success is how you define success by getting your hair cut on a Tuesday. Talk to me about that. I didn't say that's how I define success. Okay. Right? But it's a measure of success for me. Okay. So for years... Um, so I like to shave my head, right? Problem is with shaving your head is when my hair's like this, how it is right now. Yeah, it gets a bit looks like a tennis ball, a bit fuzzy. Do you know what I mean? It looks awful. So unless it's really short, it, lo- it looks rubbish. My hair looks good for about two weeks. Okay, right, which means I get I have to get it cut quite often, at least once a month. Um, and when I worked for other people, you'd always have to fit it in on a Saturday. And you'd kind of go at 11 o'clock, and if it was rammed, you, you know, you're too busy, I'll come back later, I'll come back at 3 o'clock, and it's still too busy, and you don't get done, and then you've got to wait another week before you get your hair cut. Yeah. And that used to really annoy me, like, really. Like really. Um, so when I started my business, my, I guess my definition of freedom at that point, was yeah. oh, like literally on my first day of work, I went, <laughs> I went, I'm off to the hairdressers. I went to get my hair cut. Brilliant. And, and it was just, and, and for me, that was, I've made it. <laughs> this is it. We hadn't made any money. <laughs> it was nine o'clock, I hadn't started work. Uh, we didn't have our first customer, but I went to get my hair cut. You know, and it yeah. was, I'm going to choose that day, what I do with my day. And so I, I chose to get my hair cut. So now, even now, so we work a four day a week. So everyone gets a day off on a Wednesday. Um, but I still, I don't get my hair cut on a Wednesday. Apart from today, I need to get my hair cut today because I'm away somewhere else this week. Um, but I'll go on a Tuesday because it's, it's like a little act of rebellion. It's when I should be at work, I'm going to get my hair cut because oh, I need I that freedom. Yeah. I need that freedom to do what I want. I um, create the rules around here. Yeah. And then, and then I want to break the rules. Do you know what I mean? I, I, you say to the staff, well, <laughs> you know, you get a day off midweek. Yeah. So you can go get your hair cut, you can go to some shopping, do what you want. But then I, I need, again, I value breaking the rules. <laughs> On, on freedom on a day when I'm going to be at work, I'm going to wear my haircut instead. Now my haircut, like I say, I'm shaving my hair off. Takes ten minutes for them to do. Yeah. People say I should do it myself, but I still don't. I like to go my hair done. 
Um, but yeah, so every day, every time I get my hair cut when I know I should be at work, I feel successful. I like that. So because a little less like a tennis ball head, yeah. more freedom, more success. There's a quote I heard from, I heard from Ricky Gervais, but I think he, was, he heard it from Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan said, to define success, Bob Dylan said, I get up in the morning, I go to bed at night, and in the middle I do exactly what I want. That is success. And that stuck with me from like, I think I heard Ricky Gervais like, I don't know, 15 years ago, and that stuck with me. Get up in the morning, go up at night, and in the middle, I want to do exactly what I want to do. And then that's like, yeah, that to me is success. Amazing. What's success for you? I'm interested. Well, I don't have any kind of quirky tennis ball head story no. thing. Success for me is being able to do what I want to do, basically. Similar to you, having the freedom and being able to show my kids that actually you can actually do anything that you want to do. That's a big thing, isn't it? Um, yeah, massive. And I think, so growing up, this is a little bit embarrassing to be honest, growing up till I was probably, maybe even like 20, um, I didn't realise that there was another option than getting like a nine to five job. Yeah. Um, which, which doesn't make sense now because my dad was like a postman, a milkman, like he was up and out early yeah. in the morning. I think it's because my mum worked in an office and I always said growing up, like I'm not going to do that. Like I thought I was going to be a teacher or... Um, and I am a teacher, just in a very different way. <laughs> yeah, you are. You are a teacher. I am. Um, and I think I didn't realise that there was other options. Yeah. And that's one thing that I want to teach my children. So during the first lockdown, um, Olivia, who's 10, started her own little wish bracelet yeah. business. So she, she makes wish bracelets and sells them on Etsy. Um and then she'll get bored and not want to do it for a bit. Yeah. And I'm like, that's fine. It's not about um, doing something because you know it exists. But it's about knowing the options. And for me, success is, one, choosing what their options are. So if tomorrow I wanted to go get a job in an office nine to five, and that suited me. But actually showing my kids that this is the world that we actually live in. Yeah. Um, there's so much more freedom than we're probably led to believe growing up. Um, or that I was definitely led to believe, not intentionally, um, but I love it. So I just love, like you say, whatever day it is, deciding, right, what is going to... Obviously, there's important things like bringing in the finance and um, for me, feeling like I'm making a difference and having a purpose and things like that. But actually, having the freedom and ability to decide what am I doing today yeah, massive. That's where it's at. Yeah, and if your kids know that. Yeah. I heard someone talk about, um, he'd seen someone, a guy called Perry Wilson, Perry Wilson, I think. Um, he's like, he, he talks about finance and, and money. And he was like, you know, he, he wants to retire on a yacht. And he's like, he's, how can I do that? He's like, well, first you've got to work out, well, people own yachts. Therefore, it's possible to own a yacht. Okay, so how much can you buy a yacht for? Okay, we think you can buy, you can buy a yacht, you know, a second-hand yacht for £100,000. Okay, people have saved £100,000, so I know it's possible to save £100,000. Right, now work out the plan. And it's that kind of... Yeah. And people go, I've always wanted to do this. Okay, well, actually, I bet you'd be surprised if you looked into it, how easy yeah. it actually is to do that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's never been more ways to make money. There's never been more ways to make money. 
you know, and when you think of that, you know, any way to get money, all you need is you need to have something that other people want. You know, have a skill that people are willing to pay for, yeah, or have a product that people are willing to buy. Yeah, that's not that difficult. That that is that is not that difficult, you know. So then you just got to know how to how to do it, and it, and it's like, but clearly people have done that. Find those people, find out how they did it. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's when you actually break things down. Yeah, people tell themselves stories of you wouldn't be able to do that. You know, you could go and travel the world for like three grand. That's not that much. That's not that much money. Yeah, you know what I mean. I've got a friend who lived in Thailand, you know, for about three years. The living expenses, living there was like 400 quid a month. It, 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 it's, so you've got to get your flight. And then when, when you're there, you've got to find a way to earn 400 pounds a month. Sure. That isn't that tricky. And, and actually, actually, the achievability, achieve, it's achievability, a word. So now let's go with Achievableness. Cheap. Achievability. Yeah, I'm the only thing. The ability to achieve that. It's it's not outside. It's not outside of the normal person's grasp. I guess. I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. So, the more people know that, the more people. Yeah, I think things like it. Just my world has seemingly in the past couple of years since doing the business, it just opened up to so many different things. Yeah, and I think that you before that, before you kind of. I guess, see things differently and see things that people or stories people tell you about what they've achieved and um, it feels safer to think that you couldn't achieve things like that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, tell me something that you've achieved that you never once thought was possible. Oof. Haircut on a Tuesday. Haircut on a Tuesday. Although that is something I never, I never thought would be possible because I always thought I'd work for people. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I always, um, I was quite lucky. I now got a job in sales when I was young. Um, so I've had good money from from the start. You know, so like at 21, I was earning, I was earning a really, really good wage. Um, but then I was trapped in that wage. Yeah. Because actually, at 21, you're an idiot. I was buying cars and all those kind of things. And all of a sudden, I had, I had 30 grand's worth of debt. And then it was like, oh, well, I need this salary now. In order to carry on, you know. What's changed then? Um, I found a way to earn the same money. It's, it's just one day I made a decision. Okay. This is the thing. Right? Wow, here we go. Making a decision is the biggest thing. Yeah. One day, so I'd worked for people for all my life. Um, so how long has he been now? So I've been 34. My boss has said something to piss me off. We just had a baby. We just bought our dream house that we couldn't really afford. We had to, I, I had to get so much commission every month to afford this house. And I remember walking home from work and just going, no, I'm done. Um, I'm going to set the business. And I, I just, I reasoned, I was just a 20 minute walk home from work and I just reasoned it all out in my head that here's what I'd do is I would get three credit cards out with £3,000 limit on each one. I'd basically allow myself 10 grand's worth of debt. Yeah. Which would be three months worth of salary. Say ten grand would be about three months worth of, uh, of what I was earning. So I'd set up a business. If it didn't work out, I'd have to. So I put all my bills on credit cards for the first three months. If it didn't work out, get a job. I'd get another job. And what ten grand credit cards cost you about hundred quid a month? 
like making an impairment. So all of a sudden, again, I had a plan. Yeah, it was so achievable. Achievable. Ten grand's worth of debt isn't the scariest thing in the world. Nope. You know. So and it was. So yeah, it just. And then I I got home from work and I, I said to my wife, I said, I'm going to start a business. She was like, right. I was like, something called Breakout Media. I'm going to go buy the domain name now. And she went, okay. And that was it. Well, once it was done, like once I'd, I'd been thinking about it for so long, I think, yeah. well, how can I pay this? How can I pay this? But in a 20 minute walk, I had a plan for how I was going to pay for it. Um, I knew I could get a job. People always want good salespeople. I was always getting offered job offers. You know, it's like, it'd be easy to get a job. Um, if I needed it. So once the plan was there and the decision was made, it was done. And then a month later, we started. And that and that's probably the biggest and probably the best thing that, that I've done in my life. So uh-huh. I think that I think you're absolutely right. And I think there's so many decisions that change people's lives for the good and the bad. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I guess you just do what you feel is right and follow make that decision. However, to make a decision, you have to see that you've got a choice. And are you telling me that you knew you had a choice for a while? Or was there a time that you felt like there was no choice, that you were stuck in this role? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I felt trapped by my direct debits. I felt trapped by, by, by all sorts of things, you know. But I, th- I think the key thing, this is why I said everyone, is everyone should have people that they trust that can speak into their lives. Yeah. You know, so I met two people, a guy called John Doyle and a guy called Neil O'Connor, um, who I was going to a networking group as part of my last job. Um, and I met them. And I was speaking to John about, you know, gripes with work and gripes with work. And he kind of said, you know, you have different values to the people who run that company. And at some point, you can kind of, you can make them fit for a while, but at some point that tension is going to be too much. You'll mm-hmm. know when that point is. And then, and then I hit that point. I hit that point, and I was speaking to Neil. And Neil was a former salesperson who got made redundant. Um, and he thought to himself, "Hold on, I'm making this money for the people. Do I back myself to make this money for myself?" And you know, I was a good salesperson, and, um, and he had that conversation with me. And he was like, "Well, how, how much would you need to make?" I, like, I need to make three grand a month. Well, how many sales is that? Three. Okay. Do you think you can get three sales? Yeah. Like how much are you making for the people? Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you know, it's that, that business had about 20 grand a month of recurring revenue that I had brought in for them that they'd maybe pay me a 10% commission on. Well, why don't I get the 20 grand? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, it, and it was just, but it's like, well, how long does it take? It might take three months to get up to that or six months or a year to get up to that. Um, how much, how long, how long can we afford that? You know, those, those bills for. Um, but I needed one person to say to me, you do understand it's going to be at some point a bit of a bit like a reckoning, a bit of a, a, a day you make a decision. So I was kind of prepared for that for when it came. Yeah. And there was another person who just went to me, you could do it. I was just like, I, I could do it. You just need someone to tell you, no, you can do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Someone who's, who's done it, he did it. He had, to do, he had to make the same decision, set up his business. And he said it's the best thing he ever did. So when you've seen a path, like I was saying earlier, when you've seen one, well, other people have done it. Yeah. Well, well, I think I'm a better salesperson than him. I'm not the old class one. Like, I, 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 so I mean, well, if he can do it, I know I can do it. And it's that, it's that kind of, it's that kind of thing. I think. Um, so sometimes you need a bit of permission from someone else. You need people outside of you 
outside. And you also need the people actually go, well, can you do it? Yeah. Because actually, people who have in, who, who doubt you can be two things. One, they can give you a bit of a driving yeah. force. But also, they can, so it's important to check yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> check yourself. Yeah, before you wreck yourself. You know, like, <laughs> I bought a house when I was 20. And my dad said to me, I don't think you should do that. He was dead right. <laughs> he was dead. I bought a house to impress my ex-girlfriend's parents. Right. Because I had a job in telesales and they never <laughs> thought I had a proper job. And, and they're like, oh, when are you going to get a proper job? And I was like, I'm making, like, I was making, like, more money than a dad. But I was like, well, clearly they don't think I've got a proper job. So I'm, I'll show them. <laughs> so I bought a house. We broke up about three months later. We bought at the height of the market. Oh. You know, we yeah. lost, lost 30 grand on the house. Like, I was in the house for 11 years, 11 years and sold it for £30,000 less than what I bought it for. I should have listened to my dad. But I was, I was a young idiot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, so you do have to have some people who, who, who do go, well, is it a good decision? Make, make you have that second guess. Yeah. I but ultimately, you've got to go with what you think, you know? Yeah. And I think that it, for me, I'm happy to be pulled up and someone say, is that the right thing? Yeah. You need someone to just go, really? Check yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and it's that, it's important. It's really, really important, I think. Yeah. I do, but I think for me, I, I'd like to reframe that in terms of somebody saying the reasoning behind you doing that. Yes. So if your dad has said, why are you doing that impressed. about the house? To impress Charlie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Was Charlie impressed? That's what I want to know. Couldn't care less. That's it. it for me, it's about the intention behind the action. So yeah. I'm making this decision. Is it to impress other people? Is it aligned to what I actually want? Yeah, Am I yeah. moving towards something I want? And ultimately, if that had been the answer, yeah, I actually want to own a house, yeah. you would take the hit on the 30K. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. if you're that wasn't, actual, that wasn't my reason. It yeah. wasn't my reason at all. You know? And I think that's where the spin's different in terms of if somebody says to you, what's the intention behind that? Yeah, yeah. It's so fun for adults, fun. Yeah. Not adult fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, so you always seem like a fun guy. Like, yeah. I think that being fun is something that I really struggle with. In t- okay. <laughs> I know that sounds ridiculous. Um, because I just think, like, I do take life, I try not to take life so seriously. But sometimes I'm just in, like, man mode. Yeah. That I forget to have fun. Right. And what away from your kids? You have fun. You have fun with your kids, though, yeah. What I have to have fun with my kids? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Are you fun around the house? Um, I mean, do you sing I, and dance with your kids? Yeah, right. Yeah, I can do silly things like that. In fact, that's probably where I excel in life. Like, right. um, but then it, it's fun for me. So, like, I'm a total geek. So things like learning and doing shit like this is my fun. Right. And I'm just. What's wrong with that? I don't know, like, am I missing out on other fun? Like what? I don't know, that's what I'm asking you for. Okay, so for me, I try and do as many like, experiences as I can. Okay. Not like, well, actually, I say that. So you um, once went to the flotation tank and... So, what does someone say to me? How do we... I've got a little wheel. <laughs> what? Where like, my life's divvied up. It's called, it's, it's something from Palmer. Um, He's got himself out of ten different things. So fun, we I look at as uh, experiences and recovery, right? Mm-hmm. So recovery, things like spa day, and I say I've been doing uh, flotation tanks. Um, it might be having a, like having a nap, 
you know what I mean? Can oh be my fun. god, yeah. You know, so I class things as something, something that makes me feel great. So I want to every day do something that makes me feel great. Okay. Right? Achievable. Easily achievable. Um, but I might put in little things. So you know, like fun for me can be good. <laughs> fun for me can be going for a walk. Okay. You know, fun for me can be. Um, is it? Taking a day off and going to spa with the missus. Um, is that fun? It's fun, yeah, it's class. Um, training, you know, I trained jiu-jitsu as well, but for um, things that things things just make you feel good. And, it, and, it, and it's looking at each day and go, what today is going to make me feel really good? You know? And for some people, that might be sitting playing your PlayStation for an hour. Yeah. For some people might be going to watch some comedy on Netflix. I'm going to, like, like I say, if, for me, it's like on a day like today, I'm, I'm going to come to the office and not do anything. Like, if I'm at home, I'll be dragged into putting up the Christmas tree and, you know, like, just fun stuff. stuff. Yeah. And it's like, and, I, and actually, I, I need something fun that's going to be just just for me. Just like know? this. Just like this. Just like this. Just like this. So, yeah, fun. I, like, I do think you've got to be intentional with it. I do think you've got to firstly decide what makes you feel good. And then what can you do? What have you, what have you always wanted to do? That you haven't done, you know. Yeah. So I, I, I look at different. I look, I look at different experiences. I look at. I booked into a track day in the car. Ooh. Booked into learn how to drift. You know, to drift a bit skid on kind of. Um, fun in it. Fun in it. I think that's it. So I think that I, I'm doing the fun, and maybe just not setting the intention and being aware of it. If that makes sense. There's different ways of looking at it. In, in it. It's like I. Why do I keep saying in it? In um, it. In it, yo. Um, I think about what energy I bring to a room sometimes. Not not normally, okay. not as an adult with my kids. Right, okay. If I get if I get in from I'm in dad mode straight away. So I'm, you know, first thing I'm picking up and having a little dance with them. You're always going to be singing and dancing and trying to do silly things. You know, that's about you know I, I want them to think think you know, it's, it's like a, you know a fun dad. Um. I want to be laughing more. I just want to laugh. I want to laugh out of it. I try and find things just to make me laugh. I do things to make me laugh. I do make other people laugh. Just anything I can do to be not mundane. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's funny that because then you talk about bringing an energy to a room. I know, it's not me. Mundane is the word that comes to mind. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. Depends on the room, doesn't it? Yeah. If you've got too much energy for both of us. So I know. I, I, I it. dial it down when I'm in the same room as you. You have to. I love that level of self-awareness. Because you stress me out. <laughs> um, but yeah, fun's important. I think fun's most important. So we've spoke about success. We've spoke about happiness. We've spoke about fun. Well, it's been interesting. Give me a nugget then. Give you a nugget? <laughs> so think about happiness, that Friday feeling. Give my listeners a little nugget. <laughs> Give them a nugget. A nugget of what? Of, like some advice, a top tip. Give them a nugget. Don't be a dickhead. Don't be a dickhead. Okay. That's it. If you can live your life around that basis of don't be a dickhead, you'll always be happy. You'll always make other people happy. So I was having a conversation with Mike earlier about happiness off the podcast, and he was telling me how he really values contentment. Um, do you want to tell us more about that, Mike? Yeah. So for me, 
there's I, I, I don't know where it is. There's there's a verse in the Bible somewhere where someone is saying that he's found the secret of happiness. Um, and he says it's to be content in all things. And it's like whether you've been, you know, he's like, I've been in jail, I've been free, I've been rich, I've been poor. And actually, but I'm content in all things. I'm content with like where I am. And if you can find a way to be like for me, I found a way to be, I'm, I'm content no matter what happens. Nothing really affects me too much emotionally. Doesn't mean I don't get sad. Doesn't mean I don't, I don't get like, you know, overly happy. I don't, you know, but I'm, I'm pretty steady away. And I found for me that that's been the biggest change in my life. I think um, I know who I am. I know what's important to me. I know who I value. I know who values me. And those type of things, when you know that, the opinions of other people matter less. The possessions you have matter less. You, you kind of got that core thing, you know. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of it for me, really. If I if I can just be happy where I'm at, regardless of where I'm at, um, that's been a game changer. Would you say that contentment's actually underestimated sometimes? Yeah, I think people think that contentment means settling. But if you say you're content, that means I, I don't want any more. Yeah. It's not about that. So, you know, we bought our dream house a couple of years ago. It's not massive anything, but it's like like for us, that was like a dream house. Previously, we lived in this, you know, a shitty house in, in a bad area. Can we just clarify that we is not me and you? Not me and you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, me and my wife lived in, you know, you. a not great house in a not great area. But when you've got the feeling of, you know what, I, but I could live there again. We were all right there. We were happy there. Yeah. We had our two kids there. You know, we had, it was all right. I could easily move back there. So actually the idea of the scare of losing our house now actually isn't that scary because I know I'd be content there. I was content there before. Yeah. So it, it's nothing, you know, it doesn't mean we don't want more. You know, like I, I value, you know, I enjoy driving. I enjoy cars, you know, but I've had a bad car and I've had a good car and it's like, the car isn't what brings me happiness, isn't going to change my emotional state. It might actually, no, that's wrong, actually. It might bring me a moment of happiness, but you recognise if what it is, it's a moment of happiness. If what it isn't, it's not the source of my happiness. And when you put those kind of things as the source of your happiness, then you're scared of losing them. And you're scared of, you know, you're scared to take risks. What if I lose my car? You're scared. These things start affecting your emotional state. So as opposed to, things can contribute to your happiness, but they should never be the source of your happiness. Your happiness should come from who you are. You know, you've got to like yourself. You got to like, you know, you got to be comfortable with the people around you. You know, um, there's very few people that can affect my emotional state ever. Really, if my wife thought I was a dickhead, I'd be gutted because clearly I love her. So I mean, I value her opinion. But if someone listens to this podcast who has never met me, doesn't know me, thinks I'm a dickhead, that's all right. It's likely. I, I couldn't care. Very likely. <laughs> you know, but. Um, you know, I I don't care about their yeah. opinion. I don't care to tell me their opinion. Um, it's like a nice one. Yeah. You know, but that doesn't it doesn't affect me those kind of things. Um, but that's because I know. You you're sound with who you are. I'm sound with who I am, and I know the people who I value are also sound with who I am. Yeah. And that that's a, that's a good state to be in. Some people I think will come and go. Mhm. You know, so I'm a fir- I'm a firm believer that sometimes you have friends who are there like for a season. You've got friends who will come and go. You've got people who are there for a season. You know, I've had people who had a massive impact on my life and now no longer in it. It's not in a bad way. They moved away or yeah. whatever, whatever that is, you know. Some people you outgrow. Yeah. You know, 
I had a really close group of friends at school. There's maybe three people from school that I'm, that I'm still kind of in touch with. And they're, and they're my best friends. But there's other people I'm not. And that's all right too. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it's like some people will see success that you have and be, and be jealous. Some people will see it and actually makes them pissed off with how, the, how their life is. And yeah. actually, they're not angry at you. They're angry at themselves or, you know, whatever it is. Or actually, some people will look at you and go, you should be more successful, be pissed off. You know, some people, my attitude to success is different to other people's. Some people say, oh, you know, you could be so much more. If you only worked harder, you could do these things. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah but I don't want to. They don't understand you, they, yeah. your values. Yeah, it, it's like, so it's not all about, you know, there'll be people who are like millionaires who will listen to them and me go, someone said the other day, they said to me, if you're all right being an eight out of 10, then that's fine for you. I'm a 10 out of 10. And, and I said, I'm an eight out of 10. <laughs> And I'm all right with being an eight out of ten. I love that you think you're an eight out of ten. Not in, well, in, in a, in a, I don't know. What are you talking about? Tell me, <laughs> I don't actually. I'm not saying I'm an eight. I was thinking that you were a nine. Oh, cheers. Um, you know, we're talking about levels of su- success, levels of effort that you put into it. Like you don't put ten out of ten effort into it. I was like, no, I don't. That's all right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like my teachers always said, "If only you worked harder." And I always said, you know, my mum and dad go mad at me. I could cruise through school and get a B. So I'm relatively clever, but I don't need to put, but I didn't really do any homework. Yeah. Didn't do too much coursework, but I did all right on exams. So I'm all, I'm all right with a B. And that, some people, is infuriating. Yeah. And I'm all right with that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like their opinions are none of my business. You know? But yeah, my, par- my parents might look at me and go, and go you know, if, if only you worked harder. I'm sure they do. But I also know that I think I'm an all right person, so that's all right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't matter, does it? It's just, you know, you, you've got to be happy with who you are. And if you're not happy with who you are, then change it. And find people who like, who are like who you want to be and get them to show you how to be like them. But if you're happy with who you are, then don't let anyone tell you. And that's wrong. Unless you're a dick and people tell you you're a dick, then maybe you might need to stop being a dick. That goes back to don't be a dickhead. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes, I love it. Um, an actual real value. Um, so we're having a bit of a giggle, but it is, it, it's serious and it's real value. Don't be a dickhead. It's um, the most important value yeah, you can have. Yeah. Sometimes I... It's so simple. It is so it's simple. It's so simple. Sometimes I speak to someone and I say something and I see the reaction and I think to myself, was that a dickhead? Do you know what I mean? I've said things to you before. <laughs> that, was bit, that was a bit harsh. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, because you, yeah. you can have banter with people where you insult them and you know, yeah. and, ah, I love that kind of thing. And then sometimes I think, oh, no, actually, that was, I was a dickhead there, I'm sorry. <laughs> Which bit when I was crying or yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I stormed yeah. out. And, and, and you've got to have that check on yourself, but it's just what I name that check on myself is, don't be a dickhead. I like that. And I also, so I also think, for me, that is my kind of banter. I know I've got shit crap, but my intention is never to be a dickhead. Yeah. So although I might sometimes overstep the mark and I might say, are you really an 8 out of 10, mate? Um, it's never my intention to be a dickhead. And I would be absolutely gutted if you thought I was being a dickhead. Not because I care that much about what you think about me, um, but actually because it was never my intention. Yeah. Um, and you're right. I think it's just checking with yourself. Am I being a dickhead? Yeah. Live your life by that. And, and I'm going to be honest. I think we're all a bit of a dickhead sometimes. Yeah. Catch me on the morning before I've had coffee. Queen dickhead. 
and that's all right too. Do you know what I mean? It's like if it is knowing because actually, if you try and fool yourself, oh, I'm never again. I'm always sound. You're probably not. You know, as long as you know who you are at your core, isn't a dickhead. You yeah. might act like a dickhead, but, it's like, but you got to make sure that you're not a dickhead at your core being. At your core being, yeah. Core being. I, and I think it's also for me. I, I'm consistently a dickhead on a morning. So Neil knows coffee, and then I'm fine. Yeah. Like that's just that's just how you I found am. Ways to manage I, it. Yeah, I accept that. Yeah. I'm a bit of a dickhead on the morning. Um, give me some coffee, and I'm good to go. Um, okay, cool. So thank you so much for giving us a wonderful insight into um, success in the eyes of Mike Lewis. Boom. <laughs> Isn't it amazing to hear other people's perception and perspective on stuff? And I think there's a lot to get your brains racking with there and thinking about things in potentially a new way. So next week's episode, I'm going to speak to somebody who gives lots back to a community, but is going to share about the power of giving back and some very simple things that we often probably overlook and can implement into our daily life to strengthen relationships. See you guys there.